This is Marketing Jam, a podcast featuring the brightest minds in Canadian marketing. Marketing Jam is brought to you by Cyber Impact, the email marketing platform made specifically for Canadian small businesses. Go to cyberimpact.com forward slash jelly, create a free account, and start sending Castle-compliant promotional emails in just a few clicks. Here's your host, Darian Kovacs. Hi there. Welcome to Marketing Jam. I'm your host, Darian Kovacs. The following interview is a part of a series of interviews recorded at the DX3 Digital Marketing and Retail event hosted in Toronto, where we were lucky enough to chat with some of the most interesting people from the biggest brands in Canada and around the world. I hope you enjoy it. Okay. okay. So why don't we start with your name, the role at your company, and the brand that you're with. Okay. Uh, my name's John Brock and I am the Executive Director of Sponsorships and Partnerships at World Gaming. Okay, and World Gaming, mm-hmm. who does that work with? Or what, what, tell me more about World Gaming. What is that? World Gaming is a subsidiary of Cineplex. It's a wholly owned Cineplex company. Um, it's been around for about 10 years. Originally, it was based on online competitive head-to-head play for video games. Yeah. So our user base, our users would, would come to the platform um, they would link up through our social platform and they would essentially play each other online in a variety of different sports games, yeah. specifically. Um, in the last few years, uh, since Cineplex acquired our business, we've essentially used the World Gaming platform to fuel our uh, nationally acclaimed program known as the Canadian Championship Series, which is essentially the, really the, the it's not a pro circuit. Our objective is to essentially inspire the aspiring gamer mm-hmm. We want to nurture amateur gamers, whether as individuals or as teams, to essentially grow into being a a global professional team or individual. So we create a platform in order to do that. The World Gaming platform that was purchased by Cineplex fuels that live event platform and they work together cohesively. So we run more than quarterly events right now across a variety of genres and we classify them as our Canadian Championship Series. So you're talking about shooters like Call of Duty, driving games like GT Sport, um, more youth-oriented sports games like Rocket League, CSGO, the traditional PC games. Uh, We have a a fighting series coming up known as Northern Fights. Includes, you know, Street Fighter V, Tekken, um, Dragon Ball Z, uh, hopefully Super Smash. So a variety of games. And gamers will enter our platform, enter our events. They'll compete in a series of qualifiers over the course of several weeks. At Cineplex? Online. Online, yep. Online. Um, with the exception of the fighting series, we do all of those qualifiers as local LAN events yep. because they, gamers don't like lag yep. and fighting games require zero lag. Yep. Um, so once you qualify, if you qualify through the qualifying stage, you then enter the playoffs. And then from there, the top eight players, yep. 16 players, yep. 32 players or you know eight teams would then get an all expenses trip to the national championship where we broadcast that, that three day event live on Twitch um, in the Call of Duty event that we just did this past weekend, garnered close to a million viewers um, over the course of two days. So wow. it was quite a successful program yep. and by far our, the greatest media exposure that we've provided for ourselves and for our clients. Wow. Do you ever do uh, activities and events at the actual Cineplex locations? We do actually and that was one of the sort of the founding uh, reasons for the, the original acquisition from Cineplex. Mm-hmm. As an entertainment company, the mandate is always to broaden the user base and find yeah. new and innovative ways to put bums in seats yeah. and to bring in new youthful audiences. Right. We're all targeting the millennial and Gen Z audiences. We fit within that yeah. demographic to some degree. At least I'm right on the cusp 
uh, between the Gen X and the, and the millennial. Yeah. And uh, esports obviously has become a global phenomenon where yeah. more and more people are going to see, watch it as spectators. Yeah. So that was the uh, capitalizing on the fact that Cineplex owns 165 brick and mortar theaters, each with you know 10 or 15 screens yeah. and individual theaters within. Um, what a better opportunity! There's no better opportunity than to utilize that exi those existing facilities for these events. Yeah. Otherwise, you could look at churches. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, yeah. we could look at churches. Uh, we'd have to bring in folding chairs, which would be uncomfortable for yeah. me. As you know, I sit a lot. Yeah, so. no, no, of course. We also utilize our other venues. Um, you may have heard, in the, you asked me earlier about yeah. Rec Room. Yeah. So Rec Room uh, is a very cool facility that we've taken advantage of because it's more of an entertainment complex. Yeah. And in most of the Rec Rooms that are being built right now, if not all of them, um, there's a separate dedicated live event space in the back. So, yeah. so a, a stage with a sort of a pit and a seating area and a multi-purpose you know, food and drink area yeah. that you could run a concert. Mm -hmm or any sports competition. Mm -hmm. And this past year, in conjunction with the NFL mm -hmm. and EA, we ran the uh, first ever Canadian Championships for Madden. Wow. And that will become an annual program for us in conjunction with the NFL. Uh, starting this August, we're gonna launch Madden 19 with NFL, with EA, and, uh, and make it a national program. It's amazing. Really cool. I recently read an article in, in Wired magazine that okay. uh, the reporter went down and went to the house where pro gamers lived. Yep. And, and he covered what it was, their lifestyle was like, the training regime they went through, and the you know, competitions they, they were going into. Okay. Yeah, it, I just found it fascinating discovering this world of professional gamers. Well, it's funny. It's a lot like living in res in university yeah. or yeah. college. Uh, these gamers who you know, are, are teenagers, yeah. And, and sometimes, you know, late in their late twenties, yeah. they're living together in in large groups because professional sports teams, professional sports uh, esports teams, for the most part, um, don't just play in one game. Yeah. And players in esports do very rarely do they ever compete in different games or yeah. different genres. So if you if you're a shooter, you play in shooters. Yeah. If you're a fighter, you play in fighters. Yeah. And sport uh, esports teams will often have to have uh, competitors for each game or each genre. So you may have 15 or 20 or 25 players wow. on one particular team, yeah. albeit they're, they're all playing different games. Um, and in many cases, you're, you're living under one roof. In, in games like Call of Duty, you know, like the team optics of the world and the yeah. more well-known uh, teams, they're, they're tightly knit crews and they, for the most part, they focus on, on their specific game. With Overwatch League, the Overwatch teams that I talked about in my presentation today, um, they're mostly focusing on Overwatch, yeah. so it, it will be you know a smaller group. Yeah, the e Wired article covered over Overwatch. Team. Yeah, yeah. NBA E League that's yeah. that's launching uh, in the upcoming season. Toronto Raptors have a team, the Raptors Uprising. Wow. Um, excited to be doing some work with MLSC around that and doing yeah. some programming to bring in you know the Raptors fan base online. Um, they will have you know squads of five plus a sub yeah. and and a backup. Training. We're actually working on an event with MLSC where the winning team uh, essentially gets the opportunity to be the official practice squad for the Raptors wow. Uprising. They won't live in the gaming yeah. house, but they'll be in Toronto and be local and be part of all the training. Do you, do you, so do you guys have houses then as part of this? Within the World Game Ecosystem, no, we, we don't own any teams. Yeah. We, we bring the teams into our That's ecosystem. That's awesome. So the really... The, the ecosystem consists of you know game publishers who are making the games yep. and so selling the games. EA, EA would yep. be a great example. Yep. Based in BC, uh, okay. they're they're based out of Seattle. Are they? Who's in who's in BC there? Um, uh, 
they're it's close enough. Close we'll enough. just say BC. Okay, cool. Yeah. Thanks. They have a really cool facility. I'll give you that they one. They have now. a cool facility in Yeah. Okay, in BC? Yeah. Okay, I didn't okay, so they have a cool facility. Well, they, yeah. yeah, they have a cool facility there. Okay, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They well, have an office in BC. Let's just say out west. Yeah, okay. okay. Perfect. So now we're both on yeah. the same page. Um, yeah. EA from yeah. out west. Uh, they'll they'll publish a game like yeah. Madden. Yeah. Um, now not only do they make the game, but they actually created the league called oh, the okay. yeah Madden uh, MCS Madden Challenge Series. Okay. So then top Madden players yeah. who buy the game will yeah. now compete in a league that's owned by EA. Interesting. And and it, all the licensing will flow yeah. through the NFL. Um, what we do is we'll facilitate uh, nationally broadcast and participated in events, specifically the Canadian Championship Series, where Canadian Madden players can compete. And because of the relationship that we have with EA mm -hmm. on a variety of different titles, a long-standing relationship, great partner, mm -hmm. um, very similar to the relationship we have with Activision and yeah. Riot, the, the winning individual or winning teams yeah. in some cases will get an opportunity to get an automatic seed into the pro circuit. That's amazing. So we become the official qualifying stepping stone yeah. uh, for Canadians. And what is there a better way to reach teenagers, especially I imagine teenage males in Canada, than working with you guys? You know, I, I don't know if there is. Okay. Because our audience... I'm trying to think about it. Our is audience there? is quite vast. Uh, yeah. And we, we leverage great partnerships with some certain broadcasters, one of which being Twitch. Yep. And, you know, t everyone knows what Twitch is. Um, for those that don't, mm -hmm. it's an online streaming platform mostly focused around video games. They do have one subgenre called IRL or in real life where you can watch a gamer make craft dinner yeah. or yeah. brush their teeth. Yeah. Usually they are involved in and gaming. You can sponsor them, right? Money. And you can okay. donate to them yeah. and sponsor them. Um, some of the and they're called influencers or yeah. streamers and these guys will and girls will, you know, some of them make quite a a, a decent income. I'll use the word decent yeah. to yeah. be a bit coy on the subject. Yeah. Um, but the interesting thing about the Twitch audience, which is where our world gaming audience consumes our broadcasted content, um, globally, they have a larger viewer base than Netflix, HBO, and ESPN combined. Wow. But you don't, uh, those that aren't gamers or talk about gaming don't often hear about Twitch in this world. That's, uh, that's exactly it. it okay. Truthfully, it is a platform designed to play, interact, and discuss esports. And it's much like so when people talk about social media, they often leave out, like, Quora and Reddit, because mm -hmm. these sub-communities, but they're massive. And massive. A, a massively engaged audience. Well, it's interesting because we talk about Reddit a lot. Um, you know, when, when our content makes it to Reddit or an event that we run yeah. is discussed on Reddit, it's big news. Oh, yeah. And for those that use Reddit, go to it and they think, this site can't actually be active still. It looks oh. like it was built in, you know, yeah. 1991. Yeah. Um, it's very basic format, mm -hmm. but it is like... Twitch, when you watch a Twitch stream, you actually yeah. have what's called a Twitch chat, yeah. and you can interact with other gamers from around the globe who are watching mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. same video stream. Mm -hmm. um, there's, they're hyper-engaged, oh, yeah. and Reddit users are hyper-engaged, and for those in the gaming community specifically, use that platform to voice concerns, to share information, yeah. to share positives and negatives, and for us to be involved with that in that particular ecosystem um, just really validates what we're doing because we are discussed in these platforms. Well, it's probably like, and someone who goes to Craigslist, you know, and much like Reddit, Craigslist looks like such a basic site, but it is yep. probably one of the most powerful tools for selling. It does look very basic. Yeah. I often think it's shut down when I go to it and but, I, I click off quickly. Okay, but no, <laughs> and, and I, I'm hearing more Kijiji's 
being talked about here and Kijiji's trying to think, fight for the market share, but in Vancouver at I least. I use Kijiji. Yeah, in Vancouver, you use Craigslist, mm -hmm. but if you're at Mark Calgary. West. Yeah, out West. West. But Calgarian friends use only Kijiji. They, 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 they never use Craigslist. Is so. that because they're local marketing initiatives? Is that how they've branched out? I'm not sure. I, I would love to know the source of why mm. certain cities are in love with one or the other. It's interesting. I, um, I first heard about Kijiji from my uncle Bob, believe okay. it or not. Yeah. And I was in university yeah. and I was talking about buying my first set of golf clubs. Yeah. And yeah. he said, you should check out this thing called Kijiji. Yeah. He was ahead of his time, yeah. clearly. Yeah. And, uh, I, but I've been, uh, the, the application's actually really cool. But what, what if he said Craigslist? Maybe you were the, maybe he was the impetus. Maybe he's the reason you know, Kijiji's so I big, Uncle I, Bob. I believe, Uncle Bob had a lot to do with it. Yeah. Because I think I was using Craigslist and yeah. I said I can't find anything on Craigslist. Oh. And uh, I, I, I felt for the most part, I, it was, there was a lot of dodgy things happening. Um, you know, you get those odd messages or those odd posts that you see on Craigslist. Yeah. Uh, I didn't encounter the same sort of challenges or interesting behavior on Kijiji specifically. Okay. That's great. A bit of a safer space for me anyways. Okay. So, looking at 2018, where do you see what you're doing is going? Do you just continue to see it growing? Or what are some things that we should be looking for in the gaming world? Uh, in Canada or beyond? Canada. In Canada, I think the interesting thing, interesting things to keep uh, an eye out for in Canada specifically would obviously be um, what's happening within the pro league circuit. I mean, E-League around the NBA, obviously because the Toronto Raptors are a national team. I think that there's going to be a lot of attention drawn towards Raptors Uprising. Um, as, as Canadians, we consume a lot of American content. Um, Overwatch League has definitely made its mark. Um, Twitch being an unfiltered engine that broadcasts content around the world um, without any obstruction. You don't need a specific regional licensing fee. You don't need to have a, you know, uh, a, a contract with your telecommunications provider. You need internet, yeah. of course. But for the most part, uh, we can consume everything happening in the United States. And as, as they start to prove that model out where Overwatch League becomes more and more like a traditional sports league, mm -hmm. like the NHL yeah. or the NBA, yeah. um, I think you're going to see a, a larger footprint here in Canada. Now, the interesting thing is that uh, right now, as we talked about EA and we talked about Activision, these, these game publishers are starting to own a lot more of their IPs, mm. uh, league, league play. You know, Overwatch League being an example, Activision owns the IP, but they also own the league. Yeah. We fit in, we have a unique value proposition in, in this particular ecosystem, as I described briefly earlier. Many people ask us, well, how do you compete with a publisher yeah. when they own the league, yeah. when they own their own events? But they don't have venue spaces. Well, they, they figure it out. Yeah, I mean, okay. they're, in many cases, they're filling small arenas. Okay. But what they don't have, and what there's the, the biggest gap in the esports industry, and if you remember anything that I say in this interview, I hope you remember this one thing, and I'm saying that to our audience, mm -hmm. um, is that just like the NHL, just like the NBA, what fuels the, the actual competitor base? The D-League, mm. the E-League, you know, you've got, you've got the Raptors 905 team, you've got the OHL, the NHL, yeah. there are all of these lower divisions. WHL. The WHL, yeah, yeah. there are all these lower divisions that will essentially um, power and, and, and provide a new crop of competitors. Yeah, okay. And esports right now is lacking in that. There's no organized infrastructure outside of really what we're doing to nurture gamers from an amateur level, yeah. to provide them a pathway, a forum to compete using a, professionally, a professional foundation mm -hmm. and then to qualify onto those professional leagues. Right. 
you, you know, if you're a gamer right now and, and you want to compete with a team, you've got to find a team online, you've got to get some sort of representation or sponsorship or whatever, but, but where do you play? Yeah. Where do you play if you're a brand new team? Well, the Canadian Championship Series and what we're doing with World Gaming and Cineplex allows you to do that. You can, for free, most of the time, compete in our events, and you'll get national exposure, which in many cases can be a stepping stone to that international stage. It's amazing. And if someone's a brand that wants to reach teenagers in mm -hmm. Canada, who do they go to? Do they go to you and, and say, come up with a creative partnership or it's, an ad? You know, that's interesting because what I essentially do, in, in addition to understanding the world of esports, I have to understand the needs of marketers and agencies yeah. and brands. And so a big part of my role is developing custom campaigns and strategies around helping a brand achieve its objectives. Yeah. The objective is reaching a particular age demographic or yeah. a particular genre. Yeah. We can help build that for them in a custom way, whether it be tapping into an existing event that we're doing, yeah. say we have game X, Y, and Z, yep. you know, we've got a, uh, you know, Rocket League event coming up, this demographic skews as low as 11 years old, yep. it would be a perfect fit for your brand, yep. or the brand comes to us and says, we really want to be in this space, in, yep. a, in mobile. Yep. Maybe we don't have a mobile tournament, but we have the resources to build that program from scratch for that brand. Clash of Clans, Clash Royale, Clash Royale. those competitions eventually? It is something that we're in discussion with right now. Okay, Can't good. share too much, no. but, but mobile is, is, a, is a huge opportunity for us. We've got a, a very exciting partnership that's uh, blossoming with, uh, with a notable telecommunications company. Okay. So we're, we're, we're looking forward to things to come. Okay. Can't share too much yet, no. but, but certainly. I will admit my son is 11 and got me onto Clash of Clans. I would never believe you have a son who's 11 yeah. years old. And, and, and I got addicted, and then I've actually watched, uh, I guess it's in I don't know Sweden or somewhere in Europe where they actually have live competitions. Oh, it's phenomenal. Guys, and it's incredible to watch, because they're quick three-minute games. Yep. And I know the game, and I feel the exhilaration as they build their deck and they compete against each other. It's phenomenal. So, do you um, partner then with like Nintendo or Sony PlayStation, or do you, have, or do you deal directly with the people who make the games versus the, the platforms? It's interesting you say that. We we've had some long-standing relationships. Of course, when you want to run a particular event, yeah. you need the game, but you also need the platform. Yeah. And our relationships with PlayStation and Xbox and many PC manufacturers such as ASUS, yeah. they run deep. And, yeah. and they're, they're long-standing. Cool. Um, some relationships have stretched you know, over longer periods of time where maybe one particular platform has exclusivity for a period of time. Um, in some cases, and, and moving forward, what we're really trying to do is be as open source as possible, yeah. where we can bring on as many different types of games across as many platforms as possible without any restrictions that prevent us from doing that. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of exciting things happening with, uh, with Xbox, PlayStation, as well as Nintendo. Yeah. And Nintendo Switch, for the first time Nintendo in, in forever, you might be able to play outside of a LAN event. You might be able to play online, and you know, with Splatoon and some other games yeah. that they're they're starting to come out with. So we we certainly have great relationships with the, with those console providers and and PC manufacturers, and they are integral to the production of our events. And we always want to make sure that we are true to form, yeah. meaning that one of the big points I made in my presentation earlier is I left four key points behind, but one was be authentic. Mm -hmm. Don't try to fit a circle peg through a square hole yeah. or square peg yeah. through a circle hole, yeah. if, if the community of a particular game is playing on one platform, yeah. we want to entertain that as best we can. Yeah. But if we can be neutral and offer it on both, I'll give you an example. Yeah. We're running an event right now with, uh, with the NHL yeah. and uh, NHL 18. Yeah. Um, it's actually, believe it or not, it, it's, a, it's a charity event mm -hmm. for the Philadelphia Flyers organization, Snyder Hockey. Cool. So the youth organization will benefit from a big portion of yeah. the revenue that's been generated. With that particular event, 
Um, our partner and sponsor on the event is Xbox. Mm -hmm. But as, as a means of reaching the largest NHL gaming community possible, yeah. um, they gave us their blessing to run the event on both PlayStation and Xbox and have cool. two separate tournaments. Now the winners from both of yeah. those tournaments will get an opportunity to play in a celebrity show match in Philadelphia, just outside of Wells Fargo Arena at Xfinity Live. And they'll be playing against former Philadelphia uh, pros on, in a 3v3. And one of the, each team will have a student from the Youth Foundation. But th that match, that celebrity yeah. show match, yeah. Will be played exclusively on on okay. Xbox, but also Xbox probably wants to reach some PlayStation people, and well, I think there's there's probably something to gain from okay. from that as well. But yeah. uh, but I mean, as far as the community concern is concerned, what better way to generate goodwill as a yeah. manufacturer than to say, let everyone play, yeah. and we're just going to provide you a great experience and prove to you yeah. that that you know our experience is best. Okay. So you mentioned a lot of games like Overwatch and NHL 18 and these other games. Mm -hmm. Question for you, mm -hmm. will you ever do a tournament for people uh, of my age who grew up playing Mario Kart for the Super Nintendo and I was really good at that? Well, you don't, you don't look a day over 24, so I'm not sure how old you really are. But, but you, you, I'm 36, okay. so uh, born in 81, okay. so, but, but uh, Mario Kart was my jam. Mm. So it would be an interesting demo to reach 30-year-olds who grew up playing older games and do like kind of like an old-school gamer. like Retro gaming. Retro gaming night. Would yeah. you guys ever do that? I, I think that is a phenomenal idea. Thank you. Phenomenal. Thank you. If you've ever been to the rec room yeah. down no, on I'm, Bremner. I have not been yet. No. Okay, so they have, we have, yes. a life-size four cart no mario kart hd mario kart no which what's which which tracks though everyone you want rainbow what? you name it not rainbow road you can make rainbow it. road is freaky though and you always fall off the it's rainbow very road. it's very difficult yeah but there is a there is a lineup outside of that particular machine pretty much all day long shoot so how can i do that how can and they I have leaderboards as well wow so i mean that's that's one that's example incredible. If, i think to get your mario kart fix you yeah. should just, it's just over here. See, we have just to, take, I think we have to go. Just I'm, take a walk yeah. down there. I can get you maybe a wristband. Yeah, yeah. Because everything's RFID. You just swipe to play. Oh, wow. It's very cool. Um, but in terms of running an actual event, I think that there's certainly an appetite for it. And I believe that you might be the perfect spokesperson or influencer, as we like to say, yeah. to help promote this in Toronto. Yeah, I got, you know, I got a few... Uh, handful of followers on Instagram, you know, I'm pretty, you know. Well, if you're, if you're interested, yeah. I, I think that, that you would be the, the name and perhaps the face of this operation. That's awesome. A little retro, yeah. retro style. Okay, deal? We can, we can wear, yeah, we, okay. we can wear like 80s clothing. You saw it here. Oh, I can wear a hypercolor shirt? Remember the hypercolor shirt? I love you it. You put your hand on it. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Okay. I love that. Yeah. So anything else you want to leave uh, viewers and watchers of the Marketing Jam show? You know, uh, I'll leave you with the four sort of overarching lessons that I left the, the group with earlier today. Um, number one is be authentic. Yeah. Number two is fan experience and your audience is key, yeah. if not the most important element of esports, mm. more than the actual gameplay itself. Okay. Uh, number three is uh, rely on influencers. Yeah. Not only are influencers an incredibly useful way to reach an audience often a thousand times greater than your own brands, yeah a much more cost-effective way to acquire users hmm. and, and spread your message. Um, and the last one is focus on uh, professional quality activations. Hmm. If you're going to attach your brand to a particular event or team or, or season, make sure that the community 
respects that particular operation as being authentic and professional and delivering the experience in the way that you expect at the pro level. And what I mean by that is that if you go to an NHL hockey game, the game is played in a certain way. The rules are set in a certain way. The ice is a certain size. If you then go to an OHL game the next weekend, you expect the same game. You may have a smaller arena, you may have less fans, but the game is still the game. And if you deviate from the, the authenticity of the game, then you, you're likely doomed to fail. Yeah, okay. Uh, are you playing any games on your mobile device right now? I, I am proud to say I am a huge real racing buff. It's okay. an EA yeah. driving game. Yeah. And you can I, play it on Apple TV even. I've never been to a NASCAR event in my yeah. life. Yeah. But I love NASCAR Unreal Racing. Do you play it on your iPhone or? On my iPhone. iPhone, okay. On my awesome. iPhone 8 Plus, so I feel oh. like I'm. Yeah, you're there. Yeah, I'm in, awesome. I'm in the zone, man. That's awesome. As they say. Cool. Well, thanks for sharing with us today. Thank really you so much. It. No, I appreciate We're it. We're here at Thank DX3 you. Marketing Jam learning about where the future of pro sports gaming or eSports, is that what you call it? E-gaming? What do you call it? So, interesting. Yeah, as help a, us out here. The term is esports. Esports. Pot- potentially competitive gaming. If competitive you're speaking, gaming. If you're speaking about sports titles specifically, yeah. the Maddens, the NHLs, yeah. the NBA 2Ks. Um, but Overwatch, esports. Esports never e-gaming. Yeah, don't say e-gaming. You will learn soon enough, Grasshopper. We're learning. We're learning here. So, and and that's why we're here. That's why you're listening. And uh, hope you enjoyed uh, this episode of Marketing Jam. Thanks for listening to Marketing Jam. If you enjoyed the show, head over to our YouTube or Facebook and give us a thumbs up and visit iTunes to leave a rating and review. Thanks again and see you next time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.